we're just able to get here uh, at the uh, second half of the service, and so uh, when you dismissed the service and the worship team continued to play, boy, I was like, man, I was so grateful. <laughs> I thought I'd miss that, but we got to join in and to worship with the worship team and the church, and uh, man, I loved it. I really loved it, and so I was so uh, so grateful, and I'm just grateful to be here this morning. I'd like to thank the Lord for uh, Pastor Ziggy and my relationship with him. Uh, here's what I understand. I understand that um, this was a uh, strategic alignment. I, I understand that. I didn't realize that. But some of the battles that he's faced and some of the struggles that he's faced and ha had victory over, uh, 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 he's done that. And, and I'm able to benefit from that. That I'm benefiting from some of the battles that, that he fought and that he won. And in the same way, there'll be some battles that I fight that others around me will benefit from that. And, uh, but I'm so grateful to be here. I'm excited. My wife, Andrea, she wanted to be here. Uh, she wanted me to say hi this morning to everybody. Uh, she loves her Winter's Church family. She really does. Uh, uh, and uh, she was sorry she couldn't be here. But, but I'm glad I get to be here this morning. Uh, in December of 22, uh, it was on a Friday morning, uh, the Lord began to speak to me, and he said these words to me. He said, uh, you've made Sundays more about you and less about me, he said to me. And um, when he said that, uh, the first thought that I had is that he was scolding me. And, uh, but here's, here's what we need to understand. God isn't like us. Uh, uh, he, he doesn't operate the same way that we do. And so what I didn't realize at the time was that he was inviting us into a, a deeper relationship with him. He said this. He says, I want you to take Sundays and make them all about me. He says, I want you to take Sundays and do your best to get into my presence. He says, because in my presence, there's, uh, there's healing, there's deliverance, there's salvation. Everything you have need of is in my presence. He says, but what you've, de you've desired the gifts more than the gift giver. You've de desired to see more of a de demonstration of my power than to have an encounter with me. And uh, so I got up. Uh, I got up, and I was like, is this right? I, I remember I called Pastor Ziggy, and I said, listen, I, I feel like this is what the Lord is saying to me. What's that sound like to you? And he's like, bro, he's like, man, that sounds like, yeah, that sounds like, you know, that guy, that's what God is saying. And so... So I got up that Sunday, and I, I did my best to, to articulate what the Lord had said to me. And uh, I said, I made this statement. We're, we're going to come on Sundays, and, and we're not going to come with our own agenda. We're just going to come, and we're going to let the Lord do what he wants to do. We're not going to lay our hands on people. We're not going to flow in our gifts. We're just going to do what the Lord wants us to do. And what I meant is like, what I meant was that we're not going to lay our hands on people unless the Lord said, that's what I want you to do. And if he says, that's what I want you to do, then that's exactly what we were going to do. So I got up and I told the people, I want you to be patient with me because God just kind of put this in my spirit and, and uh, uh, he's just given me more. And, and so uh, I, I thought it was a good service. We, we had a good time. And, uh, and that next Monday, our, our worship leader resigned. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, six days later, we was having a, uh, we was having a board meeting. Our desire is to have an encounter with him. Because that's the only time that real changes, change happens 
in our lives. We can have an experience, but the lasting effects of that experience, they fade the farther we get away from that experience. Uh, but when we have an encounter with God, that's the thing that really makes change in our hearts, change in our lives. And, and God was saying this, uh, I want you to have an encounter with me every Sunday when you come. I, I don't want it to be about you. I just want it to be all about me. And if you'll do that, just see what I'll do. And uh, here's the thing about God. He's so gracious. He's so loving uh, uh, because he was offering us a beautiful gift. A beautiful gift. And here's what we're like, though. If I offer somebody something, something that's precious to me and I give that to them and they kind of like, well, they don't act too thrilled about it. The first thing I want to do is I want to snatch that back. And I want to say, you don't appreciate that? I'll take that back. Here's what God said. Listen, if you want to stay where you're at, I'm not angry with you. I'm not upset with you. But I'm inviting you into a deeper place with I'm making an invitation for you to come and to have an encounter with me. And he says, and if you'll do that, he said, just see what I'll do. Just see what I'll do. And so these services, that's what they've been like, Pastor Ziggy. This is what it looks like to come and, and not be sure what's going to happen and come with, without your own agenda about what the Lord's going to do, but just allow him to lead. Just a, here's the thing, we've gotten so comfortable that it's easier for us to come and to minister out of our gifts, to minister out of the way that the Lord has moved in us in, in times past. It's so much more comfortable to do that than to come and not know exactly what's going to happen, not know exactly how the service is going to move. Uh, um, that's hard for us. But the Lord said, I want you to come and it makes Sundays just about me. And, and so I'm so thankful for that. And I'm so thankful that as we've been here, we've been able to see that that's exactly what the Lord is doing in these services. And, uh, and that's an awesome thing. So when I go back, uh, I'm excited about, you know, uh, the direction for the services in our church. Uh, because I, I want to follow God's heart. One moment with God can change everything. One moment with God can, can do more than a whole lifetime of us, us trying to do it in our own strength. And so I don't want it to be about me or about anybody at the church. I want it to be about him. I want it to be about him. Uh, there, there's a woman in the Bible. Uh, let's uh, turn to chapter John, verse 12. Verses 1 uh, through 3. I want to read this was being tortured, was being beaten while he was being crucified because she took that uh, expensive perfume and poured it over my feet because she spent that just on me. He said to me, I gave her something that, that nobody else had while Jesus was being tortured and while through the process of him being crucified because it, it was very difficult uh, for his disciples uh, for his family uh, to see what he was going through. It was torture for them as they watched him being tortured. Uh, the Lord said to me, he said, uh, Jesus was tortured more than any other human being has been tortured in the history of the, of the world. And I said, Lord, how could that be? Uh, the Lord said, listen, it's not that they didn't try to kill him. They couldn't kill him. 
Because he was weak in the flesh, but he was strong in the spirit. And so they tried to kill him. Uh, they exhausted themselves trying to kill him, but they couldn't kill him. He, told, he said to me he was tortured than any other, more than any other person's ever been tor tortured in the history of the earth. He said, but I, I gave this woman something because she spent uh, uh, that on him. I gave her something that no other person had as they were going through this time, as they were watching Jesus, as their hearts were being ripped out of their, out of their bodies while they watched him be tortured, as they suffered, as they watched him suffer. She had something that nobody else had. She could, while she was watching this, she could take her hair and put it up against her nose and smell the fragrance of Jesus. Oh, yeah. And it comforted her. It comforted her. God said, I gave her something that nobody else had because she spent that on Jesus. Listen, God asked me not to. Right after he talked to me, he asked this of me. He said, when's the last time you just spent some time on me? Just on me. Not praying. Not worshiping. But just breathe in my presence. He said, because I'm going to ask you to do this in this process. He says, I'm going to ask you to come on Sundays. He said, and if you got a lot of things going on, I'm going to ask you to take all those things that are on your mind. I'm going to ask you to lay those things down. I'm going to ask you to sacrifice all the things that you're going through, all the mess that's happening, good things and bad things. I'm going to ask you to lay those things down and just come into my presence. He was giving us an invitation to be in his presence. And so I've been so thankful as I've been here watching the services. Pastor Ziggy said it last night. He said, it, it's different. It's, it's, it's like you don't have sure footing. Uh, you're not exactly sure. Listen, uh, uh, I, I said it just a second ago. Uh, we are the righteous ones. The Bible says we are the righteous ones. We live by faith. Faith is that place where God moves, where God meets us. And so uh, a little bit ago, so, so, so we need to remember that, that, that he, he, it's all about him. We just surrender our lives to him. He, he does everything else. He, he does everything else. That, that's why I love that verse in Philippians uh, 2. It says this. It says, for God is working in you. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. <laughs> Listen, we get all stirred up. We, uh, we say, oh, boy, we're hungry for God. We want to move for God. We're all stirred up. Where do you think that stirring comes from? You think that comes from us? It says right there, God is working in you. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He's even the one that begins to stir on the inside of us. He's the one that does that. When we have a desire to serve God like, like we've never had before, that didn't come from us. That came from him. And he gives us the power to do what pleases him. <laughs> what are we doing? 
So this is how I pray all the time now. Lord, I thank you for giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases you. Lord, today, I thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, give me the power to do what pleases you, Lord. Give me the desire to do what pleases you, Lord. You do the work inside of me, Lord. You do the work. He does it all. It's all about him. It's all about him. So I want to read here uh, a story in the book of Luke, and you're familiar with this story. And uh, what I love about why we're here is that as we're here, we're, 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 uh, I'm hearing the things that God's been saying to me. Uh, they align with the things that he's been putting in my heart, and so it excites me when I'm here. Uh, there's a movie, and in the movie there's a, uh, I won't say the movie, if I said it you'd know it, but... Every time I mention a movie, people say, Pastor Ruben said y'all watch that movie. And that's not what I said. That is not what. So in this movie, there's this guy, and he likes this girl. And, and he says to her, he says, you know, every day you come, and you, you take my order, and you do all these things, and, and you go to other tables. He said, what people don't realize is that their order's just been taken by the most wonderful person in the world. He says, and, and, and I get it, though. He says, I get it. He says, and the fact that I get it makes me feel good about me. So when I'm here and you're saying these things and I'm like, man, that's what God's been saying to me. Makes me feel good that I get it. The fact that God's going to raise you up into prominence, man, I get it. <laughs> I see it. Man, yeah, it makes me feel good about me. <laughs> that makes me feel good. So, so let's go ahead. We're going to read. Uh, out of the book of Luke, we know this uh, portion of scripture. It says this, Luke uh, chapter 22, starting in verse 31, says this. Simon, Simon, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Strengthen your brothers. Go ahead and, and go on to the next verse. It said, Lord, he told them, Peter says, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Because that had happened. Peter had already seen that happen to John. He'd already seen that happen. And so what an incredible thing for Jesus to look at him and for Peter to hear these words that Satan has asked for your life, Peter. And I just want to be honest this morning. If I was Peter, I would have wanted a little different response than Jesus gave him. If I was Peter, I would have wanted God to say, but Peter, you know what? I told him that one's special to me. That one belongs to me. Keep your hands off of him. You can't have him. He's one of my special ones. If I was Peter, that's what I would have wanted to hear Jesus say. You can't have this one. He belongs to me. But, but here's what Jesus does. Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything that he didn't do himself. He don't ask us to do anything. Jesus makes this comment right here. He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Listen, Jesus is our example, right? He's our example. And, and so we, we have to understand that if this is the way that Jesus uh, wants us to handle this situation, then that's exactly what we need to do. And so Jesus says, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail you. And you, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So, so we need to talk about, just for a moment, what, what faith is. Uh, I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 11, 
I, I love this translation uh, because faith is supernatural. Hebrews 11, I love this. This is now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Because we're the righteous ones. We live by faith. As a Christian, this is what faith is. Faith is our reality. Faith is the proof that what God said he's going to do. That's how we have to live our lives. It's not wish upon a star. It's not I hope, I hope. It's not click your heels. It's like, like man, man, I really hope it works out. There. No, no, faith has to become our reality. Faith has to be that place where we move and live and walk. That's our reality. That's our proof that, that what God says is going to happen is going to happen. What his word says about us, it's who we are. That's what faith is. That's what the Bible says faith is. So, so how, does, how, how does faith come then? Let's go ahead, Romans chapter 10. Verse 17, out of the New Living Translation, it says this. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Go, go back to uh, 31 there uh, in uh, Luke twenty-two thirty-one. 31. So I want us to look at what Jesus is saying to Peter. He says to Peter, Peter, but I've prayed for you. Satan wants your life. He's coming. He asked me. He wants your life. He said, but I'm praying for you, Peter. He said, I pray that your faith may not fail. Here's what Jesus was saying to him. He's saying to Peter, Peter, I'm praying that those words that I spoke to you, those words that you heard me speak to you, I'm and you, when you've turned back, Jesus knew Peter was going to deny him. Jesus knew that Peter was going to start to tailspin. Going to start to tailspin. Here's what we have to understand. Jesus didn't count that as failure. Jesus didn't see that as failure. Because he just says right there, and you, Peter, when you've turned back, when you've gone, ahead, gone and, and taken the best shot, and when you've fallen down, and when you're stumbling, I, I'm, I'm praying, he says right here, when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers, Peter. Listen, when we go through things and we struggle, God don't see that as failure. He don't see that as a failure. The only way we fail is when we lose faith. That's the only way we fail. It's hard for us. We're struggling. We know we're not doing the things that we should do. We feel like we failed God. God said, that's not failing. We have one that's interceding for us. Praying for each and every one of us. That that word that he spoke to us through his word, through his written word, through his rhema word, that word that he spoken, that, that we would allow faith to develop on the inside of us. That, that faith would become our reality. That faith would become the proof of what he said to us. Jesus is praying, uh, I'm praying that your faith doesn't fail you. And I love it. And he says, Peter, when you've turned back, listen, he sees us. He sees all of our shortcomings. He's not surprised by it. <laughs> he doesn't count that as failure. He says this, strengthen your brothers. Because they're going to need you, Peter. Your brothers, they're going to... 
the other disciples, they're going to need you, Peter. They're going to need you. They're going to need that faith to rise up on the inside of you. To you to remember the things that I spoke over you. To you to remember the things that I said to you. And then we see that then when Peter gets up and he begins to preach the word of God. We see that, that Peter's faith didn't fail him. That the words that Jesus spoke to him. Uh, that, that those words had begun to develop on the inside of him. And, and that he began to preach the gospel. He began to preach a, a, a bold message about Jesus. Listen, we are the righteous ones. We live by faith. I want to share one more thing to you that I spoke about uh, when we had our Christmas service. And uh, I think it was good. It was good for me to, I got a reminder for me. I was talking about uh, Joseph and, and uh, Joseph had decided, decided that he was Joseph and Mary. Joseph had decided that he was secretly going to divorce Mary. And what a lot of people don't understand is that when, when Joseph, uh, he had two, two options, to publicly divorce her or to privately divorce her. If he divorced her publicly, publicly he was going to go to the priest and he was going to say, listen, she was away for three months. She came back. She's pregnant. I'm not the father. So we're not going to get married. The other choice was to divorce her privately where he still had to go to the priest and say to Jesus. Here's what I want you to understand this morning. Sometimes we have plans for our lives, you know. Now, they're not necessarily bad plans. For Joseph, his whole life had been turned upside down. Everything that he thought his life was going to be was gone. It was over. I, I, Mary talked to him, but I'm sure that I'm sure that he still felt betrayed. Here's what we have to understand about that whole story. That as far as God was concerned, everything was going just how he planned. <laughs> everything was going just how he planned. Listen, we make plans for our lives. And sometimes we look around, we're like, what's going on? It seems like nothing's working out. Listen, what we don't understand is that everything in your life is going just how God had planned it to go. So that he could get you the place where you could begin to live his plan for your life. That he could, you could begin to live the life that he had planned for you. Not the life that we had planned. So if you're here this morning and you look at your life and you're thinking, I don't know what's happened. I don't understand it. Listen, don't let the enemy deceive you. Don't let the enemy deceive you, because until we align ourselves with God's plan for our lives, we find that our lives seem like they're in turmoil. But listen, maybe, just maybe, everything's going according to just how God planned it for your life. Amen? Amen. Listen, we're so excited for what's happening here. We feel like we're a part of it, Pastor Ziggy. We we feel like we're connected, that we're a part of it. Uh, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for everything. Bless you. Thank you. I received that. We are, man, I'm so grateful to God. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that he's helping us, that he's helping us, that he's helping us, and and that we're understanding it's all about him. It's all about him. (laughs) It's all about him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pastor Ziggy?
Praise the Lord. I don't know about y'all, but I needed that this morning. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, how many times have we read that verse in Philippians and just went right past it? <laughs> well, I'm going to get blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for the words that we've received here this morning. Lord, we're so grateful. We're so thankful, Father, uh, that you love us with such a great love. Lord, may we become more and more fully persuaded every day that the love that you have loved us with is not based on our performance, that it's not based, Lord, on uh, anything that we have done, but Lord, you chose. you. We didn't choose you. You chose us. We didn't pick you. You picked us. Your word declares it was on a point. Lord, we know, uh, uh, just like Brother Reuben said to us today, we know, God, that you have, your plan is better than our plan. Uh, <laughs> and what the enemy intended for evil, God, you're going to turn it around uh, for our good in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you today. We praise you today. You know what? Can we do, can, will you all do something with me? Let's stand and, and uh, um just before we disperse here, uh, there are a lot of people. You know, this morning, uh, last night I got up. One of the first things I did last night was I prayed for those that were battling with sickness. Um, every and 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 all of y'all, especially you that are uh, that are in ministry and uh, full time ministry, those of you that are ministers, I want you guys to agree with us because every time we have this revival, without fail, without fail, the enemy starts to work and. He starts trying to work to make people sick. And I'm, and I'm not talking about just a little bit. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, it's, it's like a tsunami of sickness. And so I've gotten, I've gotten four or five phone calls, just, uh, well, not phone calls, but texts, just four or five texts or different people have told me, uh, I test positive for COVID, Pastor, yada, yada, yada. And they're like, do I come to church? I'm like, you know what? Yes, just don't, you know, don't be licking on nobody or nothing like that. And, uh, you know, keep your distance, uh, keep your hands clean, do, you know, I mean, be, uh, be wise, be wise. Uh, you know, if people had the flu, I'd tell people, be wise, you know, if, uh, if you're, uh, if you're super, um, if you feel like that you're, uh, what, what do they call that? Uh, when you, uh, mm, contagious. If you, you know, if you're in that contagious part, uh, you know what, I, I, here's the deal, folks. I'm, I'm not going to tell sick people not to come to church. I'm not going to do it. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I, I'm not going to do it. When, when, co when COVID was in full swing and they were telling everybody they were going to die and they were, you know, people were digging holes in their backyard to bury themselves in. Um, we were still, I, I never quit traveling. I kept traveling. I kept preaching. I, I, uh, I, I found out that much of what was being said in the news media was lies because we were, we weren't just, we weren't just watching television and, and taking a story that we were being told we were actually traveling all across this country. We were going to hospitals and finding, not finding what they were saying. Now, there's some people in the medical profession will tell you, well, at our hospital it was bad. Well, it wasn't that way everywhere. In fact, there were, we would go and we would pray with doctors and, and we, 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 tried to, we tried to allow them to let us go and pray with COVID patients that, that they said were going to pass away. We wanted to, you know, because nurses were like, this is very hard on us. 
Uh, we're having to, you know, we're having to be with people. They can't be with their loved ones. We wanted to volunteer. There was nobody for us to volunteer to see on through to the other side. I mean, doctors, the doctors and nurses told, would tell Cherie, you know what? Here's the, th here's what you can pray for. Pray we don't lose our jobs because right now we have nothing to do. They have shut everything down and no one else, no other sickness is being addressed. Only COVID. And there aren't enough patients for us to stay busy. And so pray for us that, that, we, don't, that we don't get laid off. Isn't that crazy? This is, and, this is, and this is what was happening right in the middle of what was supposed to be the most deadly pandemic that, this, that the world had ever seen. Now, see, most people didn't see that because they were in their houses doing what you know, doing what everybody was telling them to do, but we just, we just kept going, and I was going, and we would have services, and I would tell people, if you, if you have someone with COVID, let me know. I'll go, and I'll lay hands on them this afternoon, and we'll pray for them, and I said, and if you're in this service, and you're afraid to come back to church, because I'm gonna go lay that at me. Like, no, listen, poor people don't have cell phones. Poor people don't eat every day, but anyway, sick we don't know nothing about no sickness around here we don't know nothing about no face and death and so you know i and i understand don't get me wrong don't feel like i'm picking on you if you you know uh i'm not and and you can have you can have whatever opinion you want but but here's the thing church i refuse to shut the doors to sick people whether they're contagious or not contagious whether they you know what if if if, if you're if you're scared stay at home but we're, but we're going to bring sick people up in this church, and we're going to pray. for Everyone that tested positive for COVID, I told them, come to church. Andrew sat back there with a face diaper. I didn't even tell him to wear a face diaper, you know. In fact, if I'd have, if I'd have, if I'd have had a chance before service to talk to him, I'd have said, you don't have to wear that. Take it off. Just keep your distance. Do, be smart. Just don't go licking on doorknobs. You understand? Be, be, wash your hands. I don't know why people weren't washing their hands prior to the pandemic. Why, why, why they weren't wiping their backsides. I mean, toilet paper disappeared. All of a sudden, hand soap disappeared. It's like, what, what have you people been doing? Uh, you know, we, we want to be responsible. We want to do our part, but we don't want to get over there and close the door to what we know God wants to do. So the, uh, not only today, but I want you all to come into agreement with me that um, as we continue to move forward in all that the Lord calls us to do, that sickness and infirmity is going to take a backseat to the word of God. And we're going to we're going to get the big, you know, uh, there have been times that um, and y'all heard me give a testimony about H1N1, how my whole family got it. And, and I, I never got it. And I had to talk to my daughter about building her faith in that area. And, you know, there are some areas where I haven't had to exercise my faith much to overcome sickness. But then, you know, I got plantar fasciitis. It took two and a half years before I got my faith over there enough where, where, it got, where my faith worked to get rid of it. And so I had to develop my faith. You know, we have to develop our faith in some areas. You know, I want us as God's people to develop our faith instead of, instead of, uh, instead of um, learning how to uh, uh, come to a place where we can maintain that we eradicate that we overcome, that we, we come to the place where we're not just working around sickness, we're dealing with it in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> so I want you to agree with me for the people that are struggling right now and then for the future in the name of Jesus. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no, please. I'm 
thinking about how Jesus always addressed fear first. That your problem is never COVID. It's not colds. It's not flu. It's fear. That's why the toilet paper went missing. They were afraid they wouldn't have any. It was based in fear. And sometimes we don't want to point out that I'm afraid. But you better deal with that fear. No matter what's going on around you. And COVID may not be the worst thing you ever see here. But you better deal with fear. Because that will destroy you before COVID will or flu or any other thing that comes. Trouble, diabetes, high blood pressure, knee problems, back problems, hip problems, uh, things that we know and things that we don't know, things that have been diagnosed and things that have been undiagnosed, things that are things that are uh, trying to work and, and come into being. And Lord, those things that already exist, we take authority over it. And Lord, we claim right now our, our healing and our victory in the name of Jesus. We will not we will not bow our knee to a spirit of fear. We will not bow our knee to fear in the name of Jesus. But Lord, we will arise and we will believe and declare your word. And God, we will take hold of your promises in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Father. Lord, we're, we're believing and standing like you told Peter. You were praying that he, would, that he wouldn't be weak in faith, that, he wouldn't, uh, that his faith wouldn't fail him. But Lord, you said, you said to him, and I believe you're saying it to us, us. Uh, when you get it turned around, uh, encourage and exercise your faith for your brothers. And that's what we're doing here today, God. For those that are weak in faith, we're standing in faith for them. And we're saying in the name of Jesus, be made whole. We're not going to do this in the name of Jesus. Year in and year out, week in and week out, month in and month out. But we're going to live in divine health and wholeness in the name of Jesus. And Father, we give you the praise for it. We rejoice and give you the glory, God, because we trust and we believe you. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Father. And everybody that believed it shouted amen. Amen. Listen, if, if you need special prayer, we're here to pray for you. If you want us to pray for you, all you got to do is come forward. Uh, we're gonna, I'm a, but I'm going to turn you loose. Go in his presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do. We're back here tonight at uh, 7 p.m. Uh, uh, Brother Paul Trokel, Debbie Trokel, Sister Debbie Trokel will be here tonight. We're looking forward to uh, all that the Lord will do and say uh, through them. Uh, we're uh, excited. This is the second time we've been able to have them. For those of you that don't know, I've, I've, I've known Paul Trokel for a long time. He pastored Magnolia Christian Center um, not only did he pastor, he was youth pastor for uh, Mark Hankins for before that. Weren't, was it before that? You was, you, he pastor, a youth pastor for Mark Hankins, um, sat under the ministry and, and uh, was w- looked up to and was mentored really by a fellow by the name of B.B. Hankins, which was Mark Hankins' father. And uh, uh, Brother Trokel has had the privilege of, of having uh, had uh, some powerful influences in his life. Uh, I know he's spoken of times that he spent with Dr. Lester Summerall and how impactful that was on his life. I have another brother who spent time with Brother Summerall. Uh, it was a little bit different. Uh, he he kind of just hauled Brother Summerall around when he would come to their church in Fort Wayne. Uh, he said we went to pick him up at the hotel one time. Uh, he and Sister Summerall, of course, they were long in the tooth by then. Uh, but uh, Brother Summerall answered the uh, hotel room door in his boxers and uh, Sister Summerall was in the background in her underwear and he's like, come on in. He's like, no, I think I'll wait out here. <laughs> he's like, I mean, I want to know you, brother, but not that well. Amen. But, uh, but you know, Lester Summerall is a powerful man of God and, 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 and uh, Brother Paul worked with uh, folks like uh, 
uh, Brother Billy Joe Darty, who God really used in a powerful way. And, and I, boy, there's just something about Billy Joe's life and the way that, that uh, Brother Trokel has been associated with. And, and um, uh, I, I didn't say that to try to drop names and try to get you all to, uh, I, I, when I drop a name, I drop Paul Trokel's name because he's a great, I've, I've always recognized, I preached for him for uh, several years and uh, I knew when I met him that, uh, that, that there was something extremely unique about it. God has always blessed me. By, by putting me around people that have such unique giftings and callings. And, um, uh, and some people don't know, you know, don't even know these people's names. You know, they, they're not really familiar with these folks. But I, uh, you know, I wondered, I wondered how long he'd remain a pastor. Every time I'd go, I'd think that there's, there's something bigger than Magnolia, Arkansas that God has planned for this brother. And uh, so I wasn't surprised when I heard that he was going to the nations and training and raising up uh, leaders uh, he was a challenging man to sit under, I reckon, when he was a pastor. Uh, I watched his leaders, and I could tell they were challenged by him every day. And those are the kind of people I like, like people that will challenge you. Uh, I don't like sitting around and just, you know, yawning and whatnot. I want someone that's going to kick me in the backside. Amen. Uh, I really I really appreciated the story he told when he was hanging out with a fellow by the name of David Hogan. And he he and David Hogan was about to uh, uh, get in a... Uh, uh, boxing match in the back over whether he was going to go. <laughs> I thought, yeah, that's my kind of guy there, boy. Uh, 